podcast two. And this one, it's a film. So we did the book, Dave Goggins, on the first one. Um, this one, I think I said at the start of the first, is going to be about a film. And this film was, um, or still is, an iconic film, 1986. So if you're born in the 90s, you might be going, I ain't got a clue. But hopefully, you will know. And it stars Sigourney Weaver as Lieutenant Ellen Ripley. And if you don't know what the film is, it is not alien, but the plural, aliens. So, before this podcast, I asked um, Sharon to do some research, which was to actually watch the film. Um, now, anybody who knows Sharon, or if you speak to myself or John, you'll find that a lot of our references fall on deaf ears. So, you'll say something and you'll go, do you know where that's from? Or, have you seen that film? Or, what about that? And I'll go, uh, I ain't got a clue. <laughs> so because we wanted to make here to Tim Pot 2 a very broad um, podcast about everything and anything, um, we're mega film buffs um, in MKL and I'm training Sharon to get there as well. Although Sharon does watch modern films, um, I, don't, I think anything beyond 2015 is just a big no-no. Um, <laughs> and, and anything from the, I mean, forget Predator, forget anything like that. You will, yeah, all right. Well, that's that's potentially a future one, isn't it? Is 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 Predator, but um, we wanted to do Aliens, and the reason why I wanted to do Aliens is because one is such an iconic film. Two is because there's so much to talk about about that film. One being how unbelievably awesome it is, but also I've got a few little niggles that I think Mr. Cameron could have done a little better on. Now, obviously, he's open to feedback because. Um, I don't know if he's actually, because he's rejected all my emails. Um, I mean, the rewriting of the script, um, point is here and there. He just didn't want to hear it. So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll crack on and hopefully someone in Hollywood will pick this up and then we'll have Aliens version two, um, which please don't do that. If you're a Hollywood executive and you're watching this, please, please don't touch Aliens or anything like that. Or Predator, I mean, you sort of tried to reboot that, but that was naff. Um, but please don't touch aliens it's a classic it's good enough perfect and, and it's all its flaws as well but um obviously I, I i've seen this film i don't know oh god 30 times at least at least 30 times sharon's only watched it once so so sharon you've obviously watched it recently when did you watch it last night or the night before two nights ago yeah two nights ago right so it's very fresh and you're gonna have fresh eyes whereas i've got layered upon layered of um uh, toxicity in my eyes to review it on. So give me your thoughts on aliens. One from, was it any good? Did you like it? Um, the second one was, uh, what did you take away from it? And the third is, um, were you expecting the ending? All right. Okay. Um, I guess my, my expectations were just, I mean, you'd said it was really good. So I was like, okay, let's see. Um, I did think it was very good. I thought uh, the Ripley character was amazing in it. Um, I hadn't seen Alien, so I had nothing. I mean, you gave me a bit of synopsis, didn't you, of what the, the first... Can you regurgitate that synopsis, please, for me? 
no <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um but yeah i mean the thing that really stood out for me when i was watching it was the pure bravery of both ripley and that little girl newt um yeah. they'd been through it they they'd both seen the alien or aliens uh for the girl for the new and had lost people and that really bonded them and you just saw all the way through the inner grit that they had to bring to that mission to survive and that that bond was created quite quickly wasn't it because they both experienced it and they were surrounded by these other people who were you know all macho and everything you know look at us um and then in the face of it some of them just ran away didn't they Others... well, they always survived didn't they i mean other than we're gonna jump around a little bit but i mean i know hicks survived and and, and bishop he survived but he was a synthetic yeah. it was ripley he pulled it out of the bag, didn't he? Because at the start, there was a trust issue there, wasn't well, there? Well, yeah, but and, and again, for people who haven't seen Alien, they're synthetic in that one, which is an artificial human being, malfunctioned, and it tried to kill Ripley in the first one. So at the start of um, the second film, uh, well, I'd say not at the start, probably in the first sort of quarter of the film, after they've got Ripley to convince her to go, um, because bearing in mind she's been what asleep for 50 odd years so at the end of the first film she she's going to blow up i think it's like a trillion pound um spaceship and she gets into an escape pod but it's not an escape pod as you might be thinking of a tiny little pod the escape pod's probably about the size of an house it's massive so she gets in that off she goes into space ship blows up and she's like oh yeah and a cat jones is she's all jacked with that you know little ginger cat happy but what she doesn't realise is that the alien is actually on the escape pod with her. So there's like a really iconic scene where she slowly steps into a space suit and starts putting it on. And she's like humming a song going, it's okay, it's okay. And she's trying to do the little code to open up the um, the, the cargo, well, the, the, the doors on the ship to blow out. Anyway, she blows it out into space and then she puts herself to sleep. Off she goes into deep space. They find her, don't they, um, 50 odd years later, yeah. take her out um, of a deep sleep. And then as you would imagine, so she was a lieutenant at the time um, in, in Alien. In the second one, so obviously they're, they're understanding what was the thought process around blowing this up. Obviously, all the evidence is gone because she blew it out of the airlock. The ship's been destroyed. You show me where this aliens have been. I mean, and again, we might go, well, why won't you believe that? Imagine that now. No one will believe you. No one will believe you. So they demote her and then give her a menial job and she can't sleep, can't she? Because she's got all these nightmares about, you know, Kane on his breakfast table, you know, where it goes, that iconic scene where it comes out of him. And they, Burke, the corporate sleazy guy, um, is trying to convince her to uh, go back down because I think we were talking about before, weren't we, Sharon? Um, she was amazed that where they found the egg in the first one, where the, the face hugger came out onto Kane's face, they, they've been colonising that for 20 years, haven't they? Yeah, she must have been, that must have been pure panic, because she knew they were still there. That that start of the story got to me a bit, because I could, I could feel her frustration when Burke is standing there, and he actually says shush to her, and he calls her a kiddo. Now, she's been <laughs> asleep for 57 years, um and just bit you know a lieutenant and she was a lieutenant yeah yeah this guy comes in all like oh i could i could i wanted to hit him and i wasn't yeah. there and then all that bit around she kind of presents the case with her passion and the truth and everything 
and they're just like yeah case closed that dismissiveness yeah. of her but still she had that she knew it was the right thing to do to go back into the face of aliens or whatever to it was that word family for her wasn't it once she heard there was families there yeah like I've got to go. It doesn't matter. I don't matter in this. I've got to go yeah. and do this. And then she's surrounded by these people that, uh, um, where she gets on the ship and she says, how many missions have you done? And oh, then- the, 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 the Marines. So when they meet the Marines, who, by the way, one of them, Hicks, is played by the character um, who is Kyle Reese in Terminator, um, the original Terminator with um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he, he was a bit of an iconic star in the sort of like late 70s in the 80s um uh, area but that they, they were they they were they, they were great i mean tac- typical tactical us marines if you could if you could write a, a cartoon style us marine those guys very macho i mean it, when they all come out of their stasis sleep they're all doing pull-ups straight away and you've got vasquez who's the female one there which is interesting because she's probably harder than yeah. most of the guys and she sees ripley doesn't she? and she goes eh. Who's no word? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's Ripley that survives them all and is completely badass through the whole. Well, exactly. Well, they're all talking out there at the start, and she's given a brief, and you know that she's been smashed a little bit because they don't believe her, and 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 she's in a hangar, and she's f- surrounded by marines and tanks and all sorts, and there she's umming and ahhing, and they're going, look, all I need to know is one thing where they are and they all start laughing and then she sort of penny drops for ripley doesn't she and she turns around and goes hang on because it, it took just one of them things to wipe out my entire crew and if we're going down there and there's more than one i hope you guys are ready and they're all like yeah, yeah. we'll deal with it we'll sort it out <laughs> yeah i love that bit where she comes out then and she put, i think they call it a loader don't know that robotic yeah. oh the where do you want it b12 <laughs> yeah, and they're like oh, okay that's the moment for them where they see her credibility i love that and that's again at the end um that's the scene at the end where she comes out in that she i mean she's got that robotic thing around her head but really she's yeah. like this with that alien yeah. that queen isn't yeah she? and it's things going coming out here yeah, yeah. you've um... seen that claw go into bishop hasn't she those yeah. claw oh yeah I yeah, think well, he, well, it, 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 there's that bit at the start, isn't there, where they, um, I think they're all getting on the, it looks like a warthog out of um, oh, yeah, Halo, yeah. but it, it gets onto the ship, which then, which, which gets onto the tactical ship, which then goes into the main ship, which is then going to be a drop ship, and then off they go into the planet, and they're all sort of getting loaded up out, and they're going, we've got tactical nukes, ball breakers, blah, 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 all getting all manly, and then they're all sat around, and they're going, how many combat drops for you are? How many missions has it been for you? And he goes, 52 simulated. And she goes, how many combat drops? And he goes, two, including this one. And he was like the main guy. And they're going, oh, I don't know. But the first thing I want to pull James Cameron apart on is that drop. Because goddamn Elon Musk for educating everyone on space. But they're outside the planet, okay? Massive ship set outside the planet out of the atmosphere it is in in it's in space it's in orbit it's in space and they're all sat there waiting to go into this drop ship like it's a roller coaster you know those roller coasters where you all sit in a circle and it goes up and then drops and then up and then drop and then up and drop i saw like a reminder but they're sat there and they're going right three two one and the pilot presses a button and it like it sounds like um 
an 18 wheeler letting go of its brakes it goes and then it it drops like a freight train I'm going but it's in space and there's no it's not powered there's no rockets that push it out of the ship it wouldn't just drop like that james cameron physics <laughs> god sit up really or not I, I mean you could i've seen it so many times but every time i watch that i go yeah it looks cool and that would work in the atmosphere of the planet because obviously it's a breathable atmosphere they're terraforming it because they're walking around outside breathing so they'd be able to drop ship it like that but not in middle of space plops better. <laughs> yeah well i've got many more so we'll, we'll we'll continue anyway so they've obviously got they've got down to the planet now haven't they and they land it's raining um they they go to the sort of area where the sleeping quarters are where they all eat where they all sort of live um and it looks like there's been like a big battle there because there's sort of like barricades up on the uh, in the corridors there's 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 melted floor because the aliens have got acid for blood and they're saying this is where maybe some of ripley's bad guys have been tagged and you know that's that's obviously their blood and then they sort of see some scuffling don't they because they've got motion sensors and it starts, starts picking stuff up and then they they fire at it but hicks sort of like moves the other guy's gun away so he doesn't shoot it because he sees it's a kid and then that's when they come across new isn't it and she survived in there for god i don't know how long on her own with no weapons or no training yeah yeah exactly and that's the start of that bonding then isn't it well that was the thing because it, it sort of becomes a siege film because they, they, well, the, the, the colonists, so there's about, I don't know how many, about 50 colonists, let's say, they've all gone missing, but, and they've all, but they've all got trackers on them, like, um, uh, like a heart sign, you know, vitals tracking, because it's the future. So why wouldn't they? So they're all sort of sat in the comms room and, uh, Hudson, uh, is looking for them on the, on, on the monitor. And he found, he finds them all down like by, um, um, I think it's like an, near an incinerator somewhere warm, which is sort of like getting to the point of why would they go somewhere warm and dense like that? And it's because that's where the aliens are nesting, but they don't know that at this point. So they see like all these 50 pings and they're going, what's going on there? I think Hicks even says, is it a town meeting? Why, yeah. why, why are they all down there? So they, they all tool up, don't they, and off they go. And then they're getting in there, and then what happens is they realize that they're near the thermo, thermonuclear reactor. So they can't have any firing in there because um, I think their rifles fire you know, pulse rounds and um, explosive tips. So if they fire and they hit the reactor, it's going to cause a nuclear explosion. So they police all their weapons off them, don't they, other than flame units? And they're going, hang on. I mean, this, what, what's going on? And, the, and then the, the, one of the biggest iconic scenes is where they walk over to that person on the wall and sort of like grab her by the hair and pick her hair up. And she's going, kill me, kill me. And it comes out of her. Oh, it's that, that, that for me, when I first saw that, I, I didn't like that when I first saw it because I was a lot younger than I was now. And I still don't like watching it today because imagine what that must feel like. And that's what they do. So they, 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 they land on you to these face huggers put like a massive long thing into your stomach, lay an egg, and then it'll fall off. And then a couple of days later, that egg will hatch, but it doesn't come out in a nice way. It bursts through your rib cage and then off it goes. Um, but so they find, they, they find that woman and then it sort of like goes into that like battle, doesn't it? Where they go, let's rock. And then obviously Vasquez and the other dudes being naughty and they put their, they put extra, they put bullets in their guns, haven't they? So they're firing left, right and center. And then it, they, 
they get wiped out one by one. But what I do like about that scene is when the commander who's sort of like sat outside the battle unit in his tank doesn't know what to do and she takes over and gets hold of the controls and just drives it through the wall. Saves them. Yeah. Yeah. If you want for her, they'd have all died. Yeah, that was brilliant. I, what I really liked was that it's such an old film, but they still managed to bring some of the tech sort of feel of the future, like electric yeah. cars and tanks. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, because it's not um, there's no, there's no exhaust or anything on that tank, is there? Uh, it's just um, it's just a hundred percent electric. Looks futuristic. Yeah, but yeah. she goes right, takes control, bashes the other guy out of the way, and goes right. I'm going to go and get these people. Yeah. That's her approach all the way through, isn't it? Well, that, that's her, isn't it? Yeah, because she's, um, I mean, that, that was probably what made her survive in the first film. But um, in the second one, it's like she's got extra balls on her because she's almost gone. Uh, it's almost like she's putting some demons to bed because she was so traumatized by the first experience or the encounter with the xenomorph that she's thinking on the second one, this isn't going to be how it's going to be. But then... Obviously, they, they, they rescue a handful of Marines, bring them back to the command center, but then it does turn into a siege because they have to barricade themselves in. And they have those automatic... I mean, there's a great scene in the Extenders Cut um, version, Director's Cut, is they've got those sentry guns on the outside and they've got... You might not have seen it in the version you watch, but um, they, they're, they're, they're firing real rounds, but they're, they're auto, automated guns but you can watch them from the screen back in um, back in the command center. And as the aliens are coming down, these guns are going off and you see the counter going down even more as these guns are just firing left, right and center. It's such a great scene is that watching these guns go after these aliens. But uh, what, what I did find interesting is it, it, it was Bishop that volunteered to go over to do the uplink to get the other spacecraft down because obviously that the first one got because um, she crashed it because there was an alien on board of it. Um, and then you can sort of see that bond between him and Ripley going, ah, you're yeah. not that bad. And he says, you're not bad for a human, doesn't he, right at the end. Was interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. You said about um, her going over to the panel and going, it's okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. The first thing that Bishop says over the uh, radio is, it's okay, we're okay. Um, uh, later yeah. on as well, he says, oh, you're okay for a human. I wonder if there is, yeah, sort of differences like that, you yeah, know, not dotted about it. She says something like, the first thing she says to him when um, when he lands the, the craft before he gets the thing through his stomach is she says, you were okay, you did okay. Mm. So quite, yeah. a, there's, a, there's a bit of a theme there of that, isn't there? Mm. But yeah, he, he uh, says, yeah, I'll do it, I'm the only one. Um, experienced enough to do it anyway, and the other guy's like, "Yes, that's a fantastic idea." Yeah, yeah. Hilton's <laughs> yeah. like, "Yeah, you go do, you go do," because he's like, "Everybody's good." And you, you, you get those people in life, don't you? you? Get the ones that are quiet, the ones that are taking charge, the ones that are, are, are quietly confident and will put their hand up and say, "I'll just go do that." And then you got the other guy who's going absolutely nuts, going, "We're all gonna die. What, what we're doing? Put the kid in charge. Then if she survived, you know, blah blah blah." I'm going, "Chill out, for God's sake." <laughs> Well, then it leads me to one of the other critiques I have, um, which is there's that scene where Newt is um, trying to go to sleep in the medical bay and um, Ripley goes to check on her. And this is after the fact that Hicks has taught her how to use the guns and he's given her that little motion tracker on her yeah. wrist um, so he can keep an eye on her. And you can see sort of like a little 
maybe romance between those two. There's like a little, oh, is it going to be some space love? I don't know if, I, if that's the thing, but anyway. Um, so she, she then goes in to check on you. Uh, and what we don't realize at the time is that Burke has obviously locked that room. But before he did that, he put two of those facehuggers in there because the plan was if he impregnated Newt and Ripley with one of the eggs, then he can get it through quarantine. And you can imagine, can't you, a corporation doing that? You just could. Couldn't you? Definitely. I, yeah. could, I could definitely imagine a business going, that is a very valuable biological warfare killing machine. If we can, if we can capture them, if we can breed them, and we can tame them and train them, then those things will be phenomenal. Zero scruples, that guy. Just didn't care. He was completely self no. Very weak. Just thinking about the commercial element. I'm so glad he got well, eaten. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and, and you can, you can, and, and this was, this was the, the, the sort of comes to my frustration. So Ripley wakes up. Um, she's new, still uh, asleep, and then she wakes up and she goes, you know, tries to keep her quiet because she just doesn't seem quite right. But Ripley's got a leather jacket on. Um, so the face hugger go, jumps out of somewhere and tries to grab her and she pushes it away and then they sort of gather around um, and she knows, Ripley knows better than anyone off that, that as soon as that thing gets on your face, then that's it, forget it because you can't get it off because it'll either choke you to death or if you try and cut it off, it's got acid for blood, so forget it. You've got to let it do its thing. Why didn't she just take her leather jacket off and put it over Newt's head? And then, yes, Ripley's exposed, but the kid is safe, but she's not, she's just out gob open going oh what's happening it's like get it in here i mean that's a different conversation but and then she obviously lights the fire extinct uh, the fire sensors and then the marines come shoot yeah. through, shoot through the shoot out and then they jump through the glass yeah. and then kill them but then that's when they get wise to burke don't they because obviously ripley says to him that's the only way you could get it through quarantine well, the fact that he moved her gun, that was the giveaway for her, wasn't it? She was like, where's my gun? Oh, oh yeah, he did, didn't Someone he? Someone did that. That was Burke. That was what, if he, if that hadn't, have, if he hadn't have moved the gun, he yeah. might have, but that was uh, the game over. Yeah. So did that, she knew it was him. Because someone had to physically of do course. that. Yeah, because yeah. obviously, yeah, someone's been, they're not, they're not that smart. I mean, well, especially the face huggers, they're not that smart to be able to go get it. But, so then... They, 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 they're gonna they're gonna kill Burke out there, but then they cut the power um because obviously they're, they're very switched on i mean we, we shouldn't assume so having this conversation with john the other day you shouldn't assume that because they can't speak english they are not intelligent they, you know they, 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 but then would a bee know how to cut the power because they're, they're an intelligent being in their own but it's an interesting debate to have about that you know would it know what cutting the power was how would it know that anyway not, not, not to go down that route. Um, but then they're going to kill Bert. They cut the power. They then move back into that room. They're then in the roof, fall down into the room. That's a great scene, is that, isn't it? Where, the, where he's on the motion sensor and he's going, it's right outside the room. And he goes, right, get back, get back, get back, weld it shut. And he goes, it's three meters. And they're going, that's in the room. That's impossible. And, you and they all sort of look up. Yeah, someone lifted the thing, like, oh, oh yeah, that would have been. That just reminds me, um, so last night there was a spider in Lucas's room who's my six-year-old, uh, and he knows better than most that I won't go into spiders, but he will. 
uh, and he sort of put his hand up to grab the spider, but it went and jumped out, and he went nuts with that. And it just reminds me of that, that scene when they look up and they're all sort of like crawling towards them. It's just horrible. But then we're getting close to the third critique, which is they they then battle them in that room, they then get pushed down those sort of like air duct shafts, don't they? And Vasquez and I can't remember the name of the other guy, the, the, the little lieutenant, Imu, Imu banged his head. What's his name? It's gone. Um, blow themselves up. So they, they sort of like detonate that hand grenade, don't they? So they don't want to get munched or impregnated. Right. But then at the same time, Newt is crossing over an open duct. So it's like a fan moving very slowly. And the force of the explosion then makes Newt slip and slide down an air shaft. Now, if you haven't seen Aliens, I would highly recommend you do, but if you have, you will know from the panning shots of that ship coming in that that site is massive. Massive. It is like a city. And they're quite high up. So Newt falls down that shaft. And for me, I'm sat there thinking, she could be falling for, I don't know how long, 20, 30 minutes, in and out, moving all of those shafts could go anywhere. And it, before that happened, Ripley put the motion, not a motion sensor, the, the range sensor on her hand. So to be able to track her, but it's not GPS. It just gives you a range. That's all it does. So cut to the next scene, Ripley and Hicks are stood above Newt, who's in the sewer underneath her. How did they find her <laughs> that quick? I mean, I know it's beeping, but Jesus Christ, that place is massive. How did they know? There's no GPS. Oh, that, that, so frustrating. So frustrating. Um, and obviously, they, they, go, they go to cut her out, don't they? They get her under from the sewer, but then the alien takes her away. And I don't know if you notice that scene where she's going, they don't kill you, they don't kill you. So when they've taken her, they know they don't kill them. They, they impregnate them. And then they, they, and then she she goes to the and they, I think I said this to you earlier. There's that, there's that scene where um, Bishop turns up in the ship, and they've got plenty of time left because obviously set this thermonuclear explosion to happen. And he goes, "We've got like 30 minutes, plenty of time." And she goes, "Now we're not going." And he yeah. goes, "What? Yeah, what do you mean we're not going. Well, why? Yeah." But then but then there's that scene where she's turning up, and, and you tell me, Sharon, because obviously you're a mother. If any of your boys were taken like that, I mean, what mother, competent mother, wouldn't go back? There's nothing. There's nothing in this world that would stop you from going, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're mother or father, you would go and get your child, wouldn't you? And I know that's not her child, but the bonding that yeah. they have, the fact that they've bonded and the bravery, they fought both personal fights against these creatures. And they, I love it when she finds her and Newt goes, I knew you'd come back. Yeah. She, she knew yeah. that after that she calls her mummy, doesn't she? They, well, they, that, well, that's the line for me. That that's sort of like you go uh, it, as he, as she picks her up, the kid says calls her mummy, and you go, oh, I mean that that bond is 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 just there because obviously I get, it's through the struggle, isn't it? But uh, what I found fascinating about that scene is one Ripley is very believable as the heroine there, very very believable. She's very switched on because. You know, you think about that stressful. She's not combat trained. I mean, she's a lieutenant, so she probably would have had some basic training, but she's not combat trained. But she's switched on, on enough to know that she's going into the layer. So I'm going to light flares 
and drop them on the floor so I know my way back so I'm going to be coming back very quickly with a child in tow, hopefully, and probably being chased by a load of aliens. I mean, for her to have that thought process as well as the panic of the thing's going to blow up and what are they doing to her? What am I going into? That, that for me, was really impressive. And then when she gets down there and sees the queen, I love that scene when the queen nudges sort of like the other aliens not to go near her. For me, yeah, when she's backing out the room and she's got her flamethrower thing, and she looks at the queen and the queen and they sort of look don't they and then she sees that egg open and she, oh yeah it opens doesn't it and she she does that thing with her own neck where she's like right mm. game <laughs> on <laughs> yeah and she just gets her flamethrower and just flames all the eggs that, that scene for me she knows that's going to enrage the queen but she knows she can't leave the eggs there and as you see that 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 tube of eggs detached mm. and you go all right now something yeah. massive is going to go down and she knows it too and she knows she's got to escape but it's the right thing to do well that oh. that thing's attached to the queen isn't it it's like um that for me looks like it's a one-time gig that so once that like impregnating tube is on the queen that's there and once she breaks off from that you can't because it looks like it almost grows out of her over yeah. a significant period of time where she goes into sort of like mating season um but again, another critique there would be, it, it, she could have easily. I mean, it's not good. It's not good for the film. But let's let's walk it through a different way. So she's got new. She's walking out of the room. The queen has told the other aliens to leave her alone. There's a bit of a mutual respect thing going on there. The queen doesn't know there's going to be a thermonuclear explosion of that planet. She doesn't know anything. So she could have walked out, casually gone in the lift, got into the ship taken off and then boom she'd have killed all those aliens. but i think she was trying to kill some demons in herself at the same time but then when the music started and you see the counter of the gun and the bullets going down and she's sort of like staring and grunting i get jacked at that scene it's so good it's just so good where she's she throws the grenades in and then she gets chased and i think we we're talking about this earlier as well where that kid is probably what eight or nine years old I mean, I've got a six-year-old now, and he's quite heavy. Well, he's like a spider monkey all over you. But to be able to have that kid and then run and then climb the ladder and then know that that queen is chasing you down, that's pure adrenaline. I know. It was a lift. I could hear the woman, I could, the woman, I could hear the queen screaming, knowing what that thing is capable of, and how we've enraged it. That lift wasn't coming, and she had to go up the ladder, didn't she? With the child yeah. hanging on, hearing the countdown, like you've got two minutes left or whatever, and the yeah. lift's not coming, and the screams. Oh. She doesn't even know if the ship is waiting for it at the top. Well, she? no, exactly. That's the thing. But then put yourself in the other shoes. You're the queen. So she she's just killed all your kids. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's a, a gooey alien or an egg sack or whatever. She's given birth to those things. I mean, yeah. she's only doing what an alien will do. Yeah. Which is just impregnating things and, and eating people. That's that's just what that species does. But yeah. she's just blown up all those eggs, which is her children, to get her one child. Why wouldn't that queen be kicking off? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then when she gets to the roof and there's no ship, and then she can hear the, yeah, the lift coming up. coming up and she knows it's that queen and she's still hearing the countdown and she's got the kid and she's just like, that, that, yeah, and suddenly Bishop comes up. Yeah, that's such a great scene, is that? I mean, because yeah. you think, don't you? You get a sort of, you get a sort of glimpse of its intelligence in some ways, because 
again, it's not her fault, Ripley's, because it's panic central, isn't it? So she's smashing the buttons on every single lift to come. There's two lift shafts. So one starts and then the other one starts afterwards. She forgets about that other one because she's got in her lift. As that second lift opens, you sort of see the queen look at it and lean like a dog does when you make a funny noise and it goes, hmm? It's sort of like the queen goes, can I get in there? And will that take me up? And then, it, but then that, when she says to new, so she's got no bullets left. She's got yeah. nothing left in a in a gun or no, no, no gas in a flame, nothing. So she tells her to close her eyes, doesn't she? She goes, close your eyes, because this is going to be bad. <laughs> and then the ship comes up behind her, and it's Bishop. And then the music starts again. She jumps on, and then bosh, off it goes. But then it's, it must only be, what? I don't, know, I don't know. God knows how fast that ship can go. But it's not that far away when that nuclear explosion goes off, and then it is absolute carnage. But yeah. tell me, Sharon, when that ship landed back onto the main mothership, did you think that film was over? Well... I saw there was like 11 minutes left and I thought, okay, either there's going to be a boring bit around Burke suddenly reappeared or something like that. And I thought, there's 11 minutes to go. Is it over? Isn't it over? It should be over. And I was like, Ugh. and then of course, suddenly the queen's there with a javelin. That, that tail just goes whoosh straight right through, through Bishop. Uh, and then all the white synthetic sort of blood just starts pouring out everywhere. And he's in half and he's just laying on the floor still alive. Oh. oh, it's so good. But then, obviously, she she runs off, doesn't she? Newt goes under the floor. That grid box thing, yeah. Yeah, and then she's up, and then, then the queen's lifting up the grid. It's like checkered floor. So the queen's lifting up the grid, trying to get it new. And then, I mean, it's sort of like it's a nice stitch back to the beginning of the film because she opens the door and she's in that. Um, that fork, that that powered forklift truck suit. Yeah. And she got walks over to her, and it sounds like, and then that iconic line of "Get away from her, you bitch." <laughs> yeah. And then she said, then, then there's that fight. It's oh, it's so good. It, it's so good. But then, I was so frustrated at the end, because again, God damn SpaceX and everyone else and TikTok who were geniuses on the concept of physics and space. So the last time I watched it, Ripley and the Queen are fighting. The Queen's big, real big is the Queen, very powerful animal. So she has to wear a forklift truck suit, and it does sound like, as I am saying it, it is a forklift truck suit. So its pincers are forklift truck. So um, that's how it picks stuff up. Very, very, very strong piece of equipment. But she drops the queen into the sort of like um, hangar bay door area. And then she falls down, doesn't she, in with it. And then the, the forklift truck sort of suit lands on top of the, the queen. And this, this forklift truck suit must be a couple of tons. You know, it's, it's quite heavy. So as Ripley then jumps out of the forklift truck and he's climbing up the ladder out of the sort of like um, loading bay door area, the queen grabs a foot coincidentally and very conveniently there is a button next to the exact point where the queen grabs ripley's foot and she presses the button and it opens the cargo bay doors into deep space now i don't want to jump around in films here but if you've seen alien resurrection there's a scene where there's a there's a hole probably about that big in the ship and the alien, that sort of like half alien, a bit human, you know, looks a bit humanoidish, gets sucked out of it because of the pressure. The cargo bay doors in Aliens is probably 
I don't know, you could easily fit an 18-foot, an 18-wheeler in there, massive. And then I think I, I Googled it, and I think it said that for every inch in space, in the vacuum of space, it's 10 pounds of pressure per square inch. So how much pressure must that have been within that environment to suck that out? And then how much more pressure would our force, pounds per force, would Ripley need to be able to counterbalance that, to be able to climb up the ladder and then close the door? Yeah. She's well, like point, Superman. one point, she's literally just, she's got the ladder in a, the crook of her elbow and that's it. She's hanging on by her elbow. That yeah. would her arm off. Yeah. And then she climbs up and then <laughs> um, he's... Um, his body in is just bouncing across. <laughs> His half a body. I really, I, I, did you enjoy it though? I did. I really did actually. Yeah. I was making a tiara at the same time, which I thought went brilliantly, really, really yeah. clearly watching a really, really <laughs> um, yeah. film like that. But no, I, I did really enjoy it. And I, as you say, she's a very believable heroine. And the, the bravery that bonded Newt and her together and just meant they could surpass anything that that alien threw at them. Aliens, plural, threw at them. It was amazing to see. Yeah, I really well, don't, don't, don't watch the third one then because that'll, um, that'll bum you out. Um, they, sort of like, they sort of like went downhill a little bit after then. So first one was good. Second one, I, I think, is by far the best. Third one, they're on a prison planet. And then the fourth one, I think, is... Alien Resurrection, I think I can't remember. And then it goes, and then they started doing the weird thing of the mashing the franchises together. So it was Alien versus Predator. Uh, I mean, that's that's the other one we should we should talk about is um, is Predator. Uh, I, I absolutely love that film. But so that was, I think I think we should bring it to an end there. That was that was just reviewing Aliens again. There was no agenda to this other than just to talk about something that we really enjoyed, um, pull it apart. If anybody's got any comments. Um, or, or agrees or doesn't agree with what we've said, you know, put them in the comics of, of, the, of the social platforms that this is going to be uploaded on. And, uh, yeah, maybe even put in what other things you want us to watch or read or do or chat about, and, and, and we'll do it. But, no, thank you very much for watching. Thanks, Mark. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. You too.